and I think this is all part of Islam as well. I think there tends to be a, a view that, you know, the theories there about Islam, as long as you've got that, the right ideas. Uh, and Dr. Kaleem was very much like that, but he acknowledged he didn't have that uh, experience of, of, of doing the practical things, which is uh, why he appointed me as his, his deputy. Uh, um, but, you know, that in itself um, doesn't, bring the change yeah. necessary you still have to do the practical stuff uh, in built in terms of building unity uh, i think you can talk about unity and most of us do we pay lip service mm. but the practical elements of unity is what uh, what uh, what what really needs to be thought about and uh, understanding what creates disunity Asalaamu Alaikum guys and welcome to today's unscripted podcast. It's been a few weeks. I've been out uh, cold with uh, COVID actually. Alhamdulillah, I'm fully uh, recovered. Alhamdulillah, by the grace of Allah, I'm back to my 110%. You know, we like to turn things up to 11 at some point and see. Uh, yeah, I was out with COVID for a while. Um, that sofa was over there was my uh, bed. Uh, I was banished to this place. But Alhamdulillah, everyone's uh, fine now and recovered. Alhamdulillah. Um, Thank you for your du'as, anyone who uh, knew about that, uh, I'm very grateful for uh, all of you brothers and sisters remembering us in your du'as. Um, so we're back now, Alhamdulillah hit the ground running with some fresh COVID antibodies. Uh, you should have seen the state of the COVID that I left it in, subhanAllah. Uh, we've got a very good podcast for you today. Uh, I've been meaning to get our, uh, today's guest for many months, um, ever since we started because he's a very interesting person, he's got a lot of history and um, experience in the Islamic Dawah and activism scene and political scene in particular in the UK. Uh, his name is Jahangir Muhammad and since we um, you know, been waiting to have him on, he's gone and uh, started a think tank, mashallah, the Ayan Institute. So we'll be talking about that uh, as well as his uh, history and some lessons from him and uh, reflections from him. Just before we jump into it, please do remember to click the uh, subscribe button and tap the notification bell so that you uh, get to the front of the queue whenever we bring this juicy stuff out uh, and remember to like and share this with your friends if you benefit from it uh, let us know in the comments i think you know more interactions uh, can't hurt the you know um, the travel of this uh, video uh, if you're watching it on uh, youtube or whatever uh, and also please consider donating it's uh let's try and get 250 people from this video to donate five pounds a month to help support unscripted and assumptions in general uh, going five pounds a month very easy only 16p a day uh, you can do it so uh remember to sit back go and grab yourself a cup of tea or some popcorn and enjoy assalamualaikum jahangir walaikum salam Zakhir for uh, joining us alhamdulillah well i mean jahangir we've um we've been meaning to get you on for a while and um you in that time you've gone and started a think tank so <laughs> we had to talk about that right but uh, yeah. i have been meaning to have you on before that uh before that news anyway so i mean i mean your 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 biography and i've heard people say this about you that you know you've been researching islamic and jihad movements since like for like 28 years or something mashallah and i was yeah. thinking that's that's around about the time i was you know analyzing sesame street or something 
So <laughs> I wanna, you know, I was a, obviously a youth back then. So I wanted to get you, and I like to get brothers who, um, who have experience on the Dawa scene or a- activism scene, to you know pick their brains and 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 uh, learn from their experiences and stuff. So I guess w- can you just tell us about yourself? I mean, some people might not know about you and, you know, your your checkered history, <laughs> if I could say that. But, I mean, you're involved with, all I know is you were involved with uh, Dr. Kaleem Sadiqi, a celebrated Muslim kind of political scientist who had some, um, you know, ideas that I, I, I see now as, you know, beyond his era, beyond his time. MashaAllah, Rahimahullah, I love mercy on him. He, uh, you, you were involved in something called a Muslim parliament. Uh, you've been involved in a local government, local councils and stuff. But I don't know, like, how do you how do you explain your your, your trajectory? Your uh, well, my trajectory really is that I've always been interested in the social uh, side of uh, humanity, as it were. I, mm. I remember when I was doing my A levels, I started off in science, and um, we had this. Uh, science teachers were all they were all male i went into the a-level classes for about a week and um, they uh, were talking all this scientific uh, jargon and whatever and i just uh, you know they seemed to be in a different world and i just realized it wasn't me i'm not you know my parents wanted me to do science and stuff but like all asian parents just wasn't me so I walked out and I changed to social sciences Mm. Uh, I always had this uh, thirst for finding the right uh, ideology or policy social problems it was always what interested me and I guess um, uh, that's uh, what I went into in terms of sociology with a focus on social policy and uh, uh, got a, a job at a very young age as a lecturer at Democrat, what is now Democrat University in social policy and public admin and uh, did that for three years. Um, enjoyed it, taught a lot of uh, topics around British social policy, development of British social policy, local government, decentralization. Um, but I was really still in, in, in the thirst for the ideal uh, way of life or mm. uh, system that gives you the right policies and uh, were you practicing I, back oh, then sorry were you practicing back then uh, I was I think I've always been practicing in the sense that uh, you know my mother taught me Islam Mm. Um, and um, she taught me Islam from a point of view of knowledge. In fact, the small town where we lived, there was no mosque where we were brought up. Our house was the masjid. Mm. Uh, my mother was a teacher. She taught all the children uh, in the local town, the Quran and uh, the basis of uh, the deen, and uh, she was a, a very knowledgeable person. In fact, when the first masjid was, was opened, um, the imam was from one school of thought and the chairman was from another and they would often argue and dispute and uh, they would come to her. Muslims arguing? Are you sure? <laughs> so they would uh, come to her to resolve the issues and she would do that on the basis of the... So I had that background. Mm. 
but yeah, I think in terms of practicing, um, you know, it, it was it was what I was. Sometimes I describe it as uh, you, you have the glasses uh, on your nose, but you're searching for them. <laughs> and and I think I was, uh, you know, looking at Marxism and all these other ideologies and thought, you know, it's fantastic. It's find this uh, from a kind uh, of social perspective you're looking yeah, at. Yeah, yeah. I didn't I didn't see Islam from that perspective. Mm. Uh, I was looking at other other ways, uh, and uh, you know it. Um, Uh, it dawned on me really when when uh, I got uh, late into my degree. I realized I started uh, reading Islamic books, and uh, I realized that actually um, the glasses were on my nose already. Mm. <laughs> uh, and what was really required was for me to to put the whole whole thing, uh, all the knowledge that I was learning. Um, back within an Islamic framework, uh, mm. and that was really my uh, love of policy. Uh, as I say, I was a young lecturer, um, surrounded by other mm. uh, promising uh, lecturers from the non-Muslim world who were into decentralization, local government. And at some point, I realized that this was not really um, this was theoretical. Mm. Um, And uh, it was theoretical, and I needed to be in at the practical level because the practice is very different from theory. Theory gives you a framework yeah. of understanding pra practically local government and uh, solving policy problems uh, uh, on the ground is, is very different. Mm. Uh, and, and at that time, I also developed an interest in think tanks, by the way. Uh, I spent <laughs> a lot of time... Um, going to Covent Garden in London and seeing the new the rise of the new think tanks uh, during the the you know the Thatcher era, um, Institute of Economic Affairs, mm -hmm. Adam Smith Institute, and a lot of others, and you know a shift started happening in think tanks around that time. Um, they became less academic and more about framing ideas and thoughts and mm -hmm. policies uh, and influencing government and others. So uh, I got interested in that really and uh, it's always been an ambition to develop a proper think tank but nobody yeah. really has been interested in that a lot of a lot of the time so I just did what I needed to do with other friends and colleagues. Awesome. Uh, the Muslim Parliament, uh, I joined that when Dr. Colleen came around because that had uh, elements of what I was already interested in and it was the practical mm -hmm. policy side particularly in the UK, that, uh, that that I was really interested in and started to develop that. So for um, someone who, um, who who doesn't know what the Muslim parliament is and might get kind of some funny ideas in their head, what, what would you explain it as? How do you describe it? Well, you know, uh, when I first heard Dr. Kaleem Sadiqi talk, I went to a talk he did in Manchester Mm. Uh, and I had the very same idea. I said, what's, what's this parliament he's talking <laughs> about? You know, what's, um, but actually it was his, uh, it was his ishtiyad basically uh, that, uh, um, you know, you have to have um, uh, the Islamic uh, uh, development and way of life 
You have to have a political system of Islam, mm-hmm. even in a minority situation. You have to have leadership, even if you are, you know, three on a journey. Uh, you have to choose one as your Amir. How can you have three million Muslims and and not have a system of leadership mm-hmm. uh, or a political entity to pursue the goals of Islam? And uh, I think what uh, he had come round to was the view that if you can't establish the whole of the system of the Islam, you still have to have the core elements of leadership, um, pursuit of, uh, of the goals of Islam, forbidding, uh, uh, you know, evil and enjoining the right. Yeah. So you still have to do those things. So the, you create as much as you can uh, of, of that system. And the parliament, it was effectively the Majlis al-Shura, al-Islami fi, fi, uh, fi Britannia. So it was the idea of Majlis al-Shura mm. to bring different people together to discuss their problems and come up with uh, uh, resolutions and guide, guide the community. Mm. Uh, it, it was a system of leadership really for uh, an, an independent community development mm. um, and uh, to also face the threats and challenges. And as you say, I think he was way ahead of his time. Not many people understood it mm. back then, although he had uh, a lot of support in places like South Africa and outside of Britain, uh, possibly than uh, than he did mm. in Britain. Um, but as things have developed, you know, I get lots of youngsters and uh, people writing PhDs and even universities. Uh, I believe uh, Professor Ron gives. Uh, Ron Gleaves, um, Robert Gleaves, sorry, Robert Gleaves teaches, Exeter. Uh, Dr. Kaleem's thought at uh, Exeter University mm. as well. So, um, so more more people have become interested in, yeah. in his ideas and thoughts now than they were yeah. probably were back in the day. That tend that tends uh, to be <laughs> that tends to happen a lot with people and historically. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it was a man way ahead of his times, yeah. and you know, I think if if we look at our situation now. I think um, even what, these podcasts, I, I I always say a lot of people are gonna you know start watching them after I've died. Yeah, so. uh, well, learning is like that, yeah. isn't it? And uh, what what so, what, so what happened to it? To contact with people, Islamic movements mm. all around the world. Um, you know, um, Bosnia broke out at the time. We were heavily involved in that mm. that that and uh, uh, the, with the Bosnian government. Um, there was a world conference on Bosnia here in London that, that the parliament had organized, which basically had uh, uh, put the right of self-defense of the Bosnian Muslims and, and exposed the genocide uh, at that time. Mm. Uh, the, you know, the halal meat industry regulation um, was, uh, uh, was thought about at that time and started, although it went pear-shaped later um mm. it was a system following the jewish model where halal meat would be regulated and create so many jobs and also um there was one element of it which was not publicly spoken about but it was the idea that this would be the finance system of mm. uh, the muslim community so if you needed to fund uh, say uh, a education system for muslims mm. you would put one uh, p on the price of uh, the halal tagged meat, and that would give mm. you an income of millions to develop your 
your system. So um, the ideas were way ahead. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm hearing people talking about that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but that was actually the plan. Finally, I'm sorry to butt in, guys, but just a reminder uh, to subscribe if you haven't already. If you like this content, tap the bell icon as well, will you? And uh, give it, leave this podcast a like and a share if you find benefit. If you don't like it, tap the dislike button twice. So, uh, so, so what happened uh, to it? I think what happened to it was, um, look, you, when you bring a platform of unity with different people, different groups, Diff, uh, with their own uh, with their own groupism together to, uh, to create a system of unity mm-hmm. um, it, uh, it inevitably causes tensions and problems and um, really the ideas were great it was uh, I was trying to put the nuts and bolts tidy it up create a constitution uh, and do all the groundwork uh, needed to make that system secure. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Dr. Kaleem passed away mm-hmm. in 1997 and uh, uh, he wasn't uh, able to do that. He wasn't able to pass uh, a lot of the control um, mm-hmm. that, that, uh, that, that, that I needed to be able to make that, uh, make that happen. Um, after he, uh, it wasn't totally independent, it was linked to the Muslim Institute. Um, we hadn't uh, developed an independent base, which he'd asked me to do before he passed away mm. to make the parliament totally independent. And when he passed away, um, I was actually elected the leader of the Muslim parliament. Um, there was a small faction uh, that uh, felt that um, uh, one of his long-term companions um, knew uh, was wiser. I was still very young, and that mm. uh, he should take over uh, as it happened. Um, so I was interested not in the leadership, but more in doing the work. Uh, so I basically said, "Okay, he can let him symbolically become the leader for for three years. After that, um, uh, I will take over." And then uh, in, sh- uh, in that time, I can focus on the, the things that needed to be done. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. conflict broke out between various factions over whatever assets there were or whatever typical scenario. Uh, and, um, you know, that uh, uh, I didn't really have much mm-hmm. control over any of the things, even the bank accounts, to be able to to uh, do what I needed to do, really, in effect. Nope. And by, by the end of the three years, the person who claimed to be the leader um, effectively said he'd kicked everybody out and he was the leader and even continued to mm. portray himself as the leader, even though um, there wasn't, so, in effect, a membership anymore. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that you do, uh, you know, uh, as part of your kind of professional work is you help organizations charities mosques and so forth with uh, their governance and and maybe problems that they have um so this what you've just described sounds like a typical kind of it's a, it's a typical dispute, scenario and i Muslim actually dispute. learned a lot from yeah. that <laughs> uh, in fact uh, you know uh, one of the things that you learn is that unfortunately when these things happen 
some of our elders in particular, but even youngsters, uh, you know, the, the, the level of uh, fighting and, uh, you know, manipulation and uh, spinning the facts and even lying and mm. uh, it becomes so desperate uh, that, that yeah, you know, sometimes I have to remind them that uh, we are Muslims and we're supposed to follow a certain pattern of conduct. But it, it has helped me. Had, had I been more experienced then, mm. I probably would have been able to handle it a bit better. But the key thing is the people who in in control usually hold the cards. And unless there is a... Uh, I, mean, I mean, it's interesting, the Muslim Institute, which Dr. Kaleem Sadiqi had created, uh, it was in conflict. And even the Charity Commission couldn't resolve the conflict mm. for about 10 years. Which is, which you know, so ten years after he's passed away, yeah, yeah. the charity commission is still trying to sort these issues out, and uh, eventually they've re- yeah. they've they basically split the assets and the people. I mean, you, you you're right. We are Muslims, and we do, we do, we we should be held to a you know, uh, or expect a, a greater standard of community and and camaraderie and so forth and but we're also human beings <laughs> you know yeah. i was going to say unfortunately but we are human you know, beings and human and beings have egos yeah. they have uh, you know they uh, and uh, you know one of the things un- un- unfortunately we haven't learned is that look people uh, also need to make a living and uh, we'll fight sometimes we'll fight like mm-hmm. anything to preserve their livelihood and their, their means of income. And uh, you have to factor that in, in, in terms of developing organizations and dealing with it in a mm. certain way. Um, you know, even uh, I look at, if you look at the Houses of Parliament, um, they, you know, when the MPs uh, retire or whatever, uh, instead, of, uh, uh, instead of just getting rid of them, in, in many cases, they, they basically ping them to the upper house House of yeah, Lords, yeah. House of Lords. Uh, yeah. So they keep, they find a way of uh, uh, of keeping people involved, and um, so they don't become a political problem in yeah. essence, mm. which is what they're doing, uh, which is a sign of political maturity. What we tend to do is we tend to fight like cat and dog, and basically yeah. bring the house down um, instead of building. Uh, and thinking of the wider interests and so uh, you people like you have seen have learned these lessons through the you know the the the, the, the college of life experience do you think these how how do you is ayan institute for example one example of how you're trying to feed that back into practical policy in terms of how to deal with our human nature as well as you know get somewhere in life yeah, I think uh, obviously um, I do it in my day-to-day work. As you, uh, you know, my emphasis is is bringing uh, solutions to 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 uh, a lot of the charities mm. and organisations that I work with, but also building them for the long term, uh, and you know, bringing a, 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 a younger generation who understands those issues. Uh, and make sure we don't fall in those same mm. traps uh, as we have. Because uh, it's, yeah, it's easy to, you know, give a lecture about unity and oh, everyone's one ummah and 
you know, you're worshipping the same uh, Allah and you have the same Prophet, Salaam have the same book. But practically speaking, people need that how to implement that in our daily in our mosque committee, in our Islamic society, in our organization at work and even in the home, you know, how to deal with people with different opinions. And we can't just, you know, appeal to theoretical um, or, or yeah. general nusus, you know, of Islamic texts and so forth. We have to learn to deal with people, different people, different personalities, different uh, agendas. Yeah, and I think this is all part of Islam as well. I think there tends to be a, a view that, you know, the theories there about Islam, as long as you've got that, the right ideas. Uh, and Dr. Kaleem was very much like that, but he acknowledged he didn't have that uh, experience of, of, of doing the practical things, which is why he appointed me as his, his deputy. Uh, um, but, you know, that in itself um, doesn't, bring the change yeah. necessary you still have to do the practical stuff uh, in built in terms of building unity uh, i think you can talk about unity and most of us do we pay lip service mm. but the practical elements of unity is what uh, what uh, what what really needs to be thought about and uh, understanding what creates disunity yeah uh, and you know even simple things like uh, being dependent on overseas states for your funding. Uh, that also affects the behavior of yeah. uh, Muslim organizations into what they can do, what they can't do. I did want to ask um, you about that in particular. Um, but before we get on to that, what would you do differently if you started Muslim Parliament today again? Or would you? Would you think actually it's, it's it wouldn't work or... Well, I think in a way what Dr. Kaleem Siddiqui did, he was way ahead of everybody else. Mm. And he basically dragged people. Uh, it started, it was a top-down approach. He dragged people who mm. shared similar ideas or in many cases who supported him and he brought them together. Uh, it was mainly a more in, uh, elderly and intelligent group of people. It wasn't grassroots based. Mm. It didn't come from the ground upwards where you create that understanding so that, that was always a weakness. Um, I mean, he was a leader. He took up leadership and he, he pushed people in a direction that really people weren't ready to go, go down. Uh, mm. I think um, the experience we've had over the last 20, 30 years, there's more young people, uh, people like yourself, many others that I've met and who, who are grassroots, who are doing work on the ground, who have a better understanding of these issues. We, we talk about them, we discuss them. Uh, and, and, and now we also realize there are more people who realize that you need uh, independent community organization mm. and leadership to pursue the goals and even tackle some of our problems that we're facing. Uh, so I think the the, the, the moment is right on the ground for something like that now um but also i learned a key element that actually um you have to have control of the nuts and bolts <laughs> as well and it has to be in the, in the right hands yeah. and that i mean he knew that but he wasn't able to do that um i had an office in manchester he wasn't able to transfer a lot of that, that those things to me um I, I wasn't prepared to move to london yeah. um so that didn't happen 
unfortunately we discussed we had a lot of discussion in south yeah. africa um, there was still factionalism so there's groupism what you get is uh, mm. um you know whenever you bring different people together they will still pursue their own group loyalties and interests yeah. rather than uh, they will take what you suggest and bring it into their own group rather than putting their energy into one group and uh, say no this is important we need to build yeah. and go in this direction and you have to manage all those things i mean it was challenging it was nice uh, you sometimes it was it was tough you've got people with different schools of thought with different uh, racial backgrounds uh, and they all come look at the problem from a different perspective so hearing all those views and coming to a common solution or creating a common resolution itself was quite challenging mm. but i think you know now i think the muslim community is probably more ready uh, and to build it from the ground upwards rather than um, is, it, is it something you have on your on your bucket list to do before you uh, die resurrect uh, muslim well i think the like think tank is goal. about creating that consciousness and and pushing people to do it mm. i mean we're not in we're not going to do everything but some members of the Ayan Institute people like yeah. Yaya Burt have more interest in that direction in terms of mm-hmm. bringing a unified approach uh, yeah. uh, not just in the UK um, uh, but also minorities elsewhere and you know it's something uh, I've discussed with Sheikh Haytham as well I mean he's interested in those those type of issues about the organization of muslims as yeah. minorities mm-hmm. um, speaking of ayan institute so i was just reading uh, your report uh, it describes itself itself as working towards creating a unified independent powerful and prosperous muslim world that can help establish islam as a solution to humanity's problems is that all yeah uh, that's the <laughs> um, the big dream yeah uh, as i say you have to uh, you have to dream big you have to imagine the world as you want it to be mm. and then uh, you but you start at the point where, as it is and you take it from there which which is what we've also tried yeah. to do yeah. in the report and we basically said look this is uh, this is the dream this is the vision um it's rooted in uh, uh in islam in the quran and uh you know in in uh, in our history and uh we recognize that this, it could take a very long time uh but here are the the uh, the things that we need to focus on we've identified 12 factors that can help create unity um unification is the word we use unification yeah. unity because unity is an end goal unification is a process that mm helps you to get to that that goal and what essentially what we're saying is that if we look at the muslim world now um it's you know we can't even defend human life anymore yeah. we can't even de- protect people from genocide we've got mm. 53 nation states and uh, 1.8 billion uh people and um, basically we're not even in a position to Uh, we've got 37 million refugees mostly muslims in the last 20 years um we're almost powerless to do anything 
And on top of that, you've got underdevelopment, illiteracy, mm. and many other problems in, in the Muslim world. And we can, and we have to do better, and we have to lift ourselves out of that, that situation. Yeah. One thing that made me laugh, though, in the report, at the beginning, yeah, in the beginning you said... Um, you, 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 part of your research, your extensive research, was you know messenger groups, where uh, you know chatting with different people on <laughs> on messenger groups and stuff, and and you said often without them knowing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I thought um, have you been spying on us and like creating some dossier about you know whatever. Well, whatever you know, a lot, a lot of messenger groups. Are, <laughs> uh, people spend a lot of time discussing. Yeah. I, I like to think there's a that you I mean, can use those. Yeah, and sometimes yeah. I, I, I deliberately throw in provocative comments or thoughts or <laughs> stir people up to get a reaction, and they don't. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, you know, you you do learn things from that yeah. as well. Yeah. How people are thinking, um, what stage people are at, uh, how groupism works. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, it's uh, yeah, it's it's a, you know I like to <laughs> to use things. People may think I'm engaging for no purpose, but uh, there's always a notepad notepad next to your phone there. (laughs) Welcome, guys. Me again. Sorry to disturb, but just quickly uh, subscribe if you haven't already, if you're interested in this kind of stuff, and we'll be on our way. So, I mean, uh, the the report raises many very important issues and offers a roadmap, and I want us to, uh, obviously, we'll put the, the, the... um, the link to the report and description and stuff, and we want to encourage people to read it. It's very uh, gripping read. Um, a, a few things I'll just kind of jot it down. A few things I wanted to maybe probe you uh, about in more detail. Um, you know, you mentioned disunity, infighting. You mentioned um, the issue of foreign funding, for example, uh, foreign states funding uh, Islamic activism and Dao. What? I mean, obviously, don't mention names if you don't want to, but. Um, what is the impact? What has the impact been, and what can the impact be of foreign states on Dawa and activism here in, in the UK? Well, you know, um, I think uh, one uh, often the the funders um, have a political agenda as as well as a commitment to Islam, uh, if if they have that. So sometimes you get nationalism with it. Sometimes you get uh, a religious nationalism, sometimes you get an mm-hmm. ethno-nationalism, even in Dawa. I mean, I think, uh, you know, one of the pre- not predominant, if you write a bid uh, for Dawa to some of the Middle East states, uh, the principle that you get is, uh, well, the Mongols were, uh, you know, took over the, the, the world of Islam, and uh, basically they eventually became Muslims. So you get this idea that uh, uh, that your uh, enemies can become Muslims as well, and therefore all your your uh, your focus is on converting uh, people and, and a, a kind of passive uh, kind of dawah, which uh, uh, which is based on one history of the Muslim world, uh, rather than going back to the Sira and looking at how prophetic dawah worked and maybe other models mm. uh, you know in the Far East for example where trade was used uh, uh, you know traders basically brought people to Islam so I think uh, with sta- state funding the ideology of the state the politics of the state always comes with that 
Um, I know people might disagree, um, but also you're not going to challenge uh, the the rulers uh, of that state. Mm. And sometimes Islam may require you to challenge what's going on. Like a soft, a soft secularism, maybe, where they yeah. they they say focus on dawah to the grassroots, but don't talk about you know political issues. Don't talk about global issues. Is that what you mean? Yeah, and, and you know, uh, a a process of change, which basically is, um, you know, a a theology of uh, passivism uh, and uh, you know obedience uh, of the rulers. Uh, yeah, uh, and also you know some of the relationships they have with um, non-Muslim states. Mm. Uh, for example, a lot of the the council of mosques, like in France and elsewhere, that have been created. Um, uh, have been created not just with the help of the uh, the, the uh, host of the, the indigenous state, but some of those foreign states have uh, been working hand in hand with with those states to create well, some of these former colonies. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. Um, uh, and and you know they are still doing that. In in, in essence, they're still uh, some of the states in the Middle East are still influencing the governments here to try and mm. produce laws which will uh, which impact the muslims uh, in this country um, not rooted in the traditions of this country in a lot of cases but mm. uh, which have the net effect of um, uh, silencing uh, muslim voices and, and yeah. uh, a particular form of islam yeah yeah i mean um the the, the you get the impression sometimes that muslims in in certain western countries are being used as kind of uh guinea pigs sometimes to test out more and more kind of like cve based policies countering extremism based policies and there's kind of ripples and effects across the world and you'd yeah. see that some regimes would have a <laughs> vested interest in you know in in quelling that that like maybe a revolutionary fervor or people just ask for their own well, rights or elections. Well, not only that, if you look at the way CVE is uh, uh, developing in uh, outside of Britain, mm. um, uh, you know, you have an interesting uh, trend, which is um, basically the, not just the silencing of dissent, but, uh, you know, we've been, since the report was launched, we've spoken to some ac academics in different universities in the Muslim world, and, and they... Uh, one of them said, well, we, we don't look to us for freedom of thought and expression and challenge producing challenging stuff because we're not free. Mm. Um, so CVE is being used particularly, uh, it's being exported uh, in the Muslim mm. world, uh, <clears throat> not just uh, in terms of silencing political dissent, but it's uh, basically silencing debate discussion creation of thought so you have a, a weird situation where islamic civilization uh, in the past was built on uh, knowledge and uh, engagement and discussion and freedom mm. freedom to debate discuss produce new works actually what we're getting is we now have regimes in the muslim world which are basically committed to destroying that very freedom yeah. Uh, and stopping Muslims from uh, challenging 
debating nationalism, debating the modern ideas, and and producing an Islamic uh, mm. uh, viewpoint on that. Yeah, subhanAllah. I mean, if I were to, I don't like doing this, but if I were to say one, like, look at one thing for us to focus on, to that would have a, a you know the maximum impact uh, on our conduct locally, globally, whatever. I think pretty much high up there would be the. Um, there's a book on it, Ta'amul Manhajit, Ta'amul Ma'al Mukhalif, and how to deal with people you disagree with because i think that yeah. is that is at the crux of it one way is to violently suppress them <laughs> if yeah. you have the power right and th- that that's kind of the common thread from the the mosque politics to the um you know the different groups infighting to on a on a state level you know certain people petitioning their powers to to take out their rival group or suppress them or um one thing that you 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 uh, mentioned in the report was that was quite interesting you mentioned one of the problems we suffer from is the stagnation of muslim groups and thinking that the ideals of the founders of those uh, groups are still kind of um being uh are, are still you know faithfully held but the, ra- the 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 context has radically changed since then and you know obviously it's, it sounds very coherent and logical argument to you know to put your maybe rethink your group identity and and your 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 values as a group organization and see what's needed now but what did you have in mind when you were talking about that or when you mentioned that it was a kind of a an interesting kind of throwaway comment but I want to probe you a bit more yeah, on that. you know um uh, the world changes mm. um uh, conditions change, experiences change. Um, things that you the- the theories that you had, obviously I'm not talking about the fundamentals of Islam. I'm talking here about um, people's um, opinions on a problem or on a solution uh, and how you reflect on the world. Yeah. Uh, that changes all the time, um, and people have to move with that. You know, even if you, um, even from Dr. Kaleem Sadiqi's time, the world has changed yeah. fundamentally. You know, he even uh, even even like a kind of uh, founders of big groups and jamaat. Yeah. Even during their own lifetimes, many of them, they yeah. had you know changes of opinion and so forth. Um, I think that that's that's a, a key thing when you're talking about. You know, dealing with people you disagree with, and that is putting yeah. your group's objectives not aside, but seeing where you can align and in uh, certain things with the rest of the ummah. Everyone, you know, you still need people to focus on A, B, C, D because there's millions of problems and and yeah. issues out there. But the key is kind of, I think, having bringing that that common uh, denominator. You know. To, to all of these uh, the, uh, groups. Yeah, and I think you know even sim- simple things. I mean, I've looked at uh, if you look at some of the constitutions of some of the groups mm-hmm. that came out, uh, you know, during the era of the rise of uh, of communism. Some of those constitutions actually reflect that period. Uh, mm-hmm. In fact, I've seen some in uh, in, in some of the movements myself. And uh, you know my uh, 
my initial thought was actually this this looks like a communist party structure yeah. or constitution. Mm. And, and, you know, it might have been appropriate at the time. That's how you organize. That's how, but, you know, the world has changed. Uh, governance, ideas about governance, ideas of co- about yeah. control uh, have changed. Even uh, during the end of the Ottoman period, the Ottoman uh, uh, caliphate, uh, when it uh, ended, there were only 15 mil- million people under its rule. Today. Yeah, I was surprised to um, surprised when you mentioned that and the thing that you know the yeah. Muslim. The so Muslim today Umar, we have one point so eight billion yeah. Muslims in the world and a uh, quarter of humanity. Uh, how do you practically organise uh, a group of people like that? You know, we have more people in Pakistan and Bangladesh than the Ottoman uh, state had under its control. Uh, so mm. inevitably. Uh, that requires uh, new ways of thinking, new ideas. Um, the world's social problems have changed. Race, forms of racism have changed. Uh, even forms of asabia have changed. Um, you can look at, uh, uh, you know, party politics, how that divides people. Yeah. You can look at uh, other issues. So uh, it's not uh, exactly as it was. Uh, we can't just take a blueprint and yeah. stamp it on. We have to, you know, uh, rethink that. And the Quran is also unfolding gui- uh, guidance. It has to be because the world changes. Mm. So you have to constantly go back and reflect. Um, uh, you know, part of the Quran does uh, uh, provide you uh, people from different times era to come up uh, with, uh, with new insight and new wisdom. Yeah. We have this, I mean, we have these notions of, you know, Certain things are thawabit that they unchanging, you know, yeah. tawheed, um, you know, the certain beliefs of the Muslims, for example, supremacy of Sharia generally as a whole. Um, but some things are they they change or they're based on uh, effective cause of rulings that are linked to um, you know changing circumstances. Some call them So. You know how you structure a a country, your econ- yeah. economic policy, your yeah. uh, you know social policies that you you lecture about. You know, uh, what, it is problematic to take something historical and read into it that it's normative, i.e., that you have to replicate that. Certain yeah. things are, you know, someone's you know certain things are that you have to. These are core issues, like you know, riba, for example. Uh, yeah. You can't have that in your if you you, know, you or you have to rather move towards eradicating that uh, in your in your economies. But other things, you know, and this is a, a, a deeply scholarly thing that requires scholars yeah. to think about these big issues. But one of the problems, I mean, Sheikh Meitha mentioned this uh, in a meeting of uh, recently that you know scholars have to be uh, criticised in a nice way. Because you know, he mentioned a story that two big, big scholars met, you know, from different rival groups, you know, a hundred years ago or so. And you know, the the conversation that they had was about Raf Uliadain. Do you raise your hands in, <laughs> in the prayer? And it was he said it's embarrassing and it's very bad that these big scholars at the time of the destruction of the Khilafah, or just just about that time, this was a conversation they were having. They scholars they like to stay in many scholars they like to stay in the comfort zone. Because these yeah. things have been debated, and not that, obviously praying—it's not praying. 
it's the the differences and disagreements you have in the prayer <laughs> about praying you know and it's something that requires uh you know organizing uh, think tanks like yourselves to get the scholars around the table and and you know and the key influential and and, and um authoritative scholars in the world today to to hash out these things you know what are, where are the boundaries and how do mm. they change and so forth and it's extremely extremely important um, yeah even even things like you know it's easy to say you know unity and disunity mm. but to understand how to become united you have to understand and look at uh, how we are disunited you have to understand what disunity means mm. uh, and then apply uh, the Islamic concepts and principles yeah. to that, because that has changed. From, you know, it's changed in a in a, in a massive way. Uh, the very fact that Muslims, even as a minority, mm. used to be very powerful. Uh, we were we were even when we were in a minority, we were ruling minorities. Today, we've got uh, I, I think one third is it of the Muslim world live as minorities. Yeah, M- Muslim population. Uh, what does that mean? How how do they survive? Uh, we've we're seeing we've seen genocide in Bosnia. How do they coexist? How do they relate to the to the yeah. wider Muslim world? What kind of uh, you know rulings and issue uh, on on issues to do with yeah. uh, local <clears throat> matters? How yeah. do we how do we structure that? How do we organize that? There's no such thing as a local fatwa anymore. <laughs> Yeah, because the moment someone puts it online, social media, everything kind of uh, uh, there's no more borders in that regard, <laughs> and no authority for local um, scholars to to address local issues. Yeah, I mean that's the the other thing that uh, we need to consider is that yeah. actually, again, uh, physically you might live within a border, yeah, but intellectually, mentally, uh, socially, mm. you can exist outside a border. Yeah. The modern world has given you that. What does that? What implication does that have for Islamic movements? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I was you know, Dr. Kaleem Sadiqi used to talk about that in terms of um, uh, ideas of uh, having um, Muslim organization um, outside of a state structure. Yeah. So these are all. I mean, now it's, uh, he's he's passed away in 20 years it's phenomenal the changes that you've got uh, yeah. you can have zoom meetings with uh, people all around the world now you can have conferences you don't need to move out your uh, away from your desk to have a conference mm. you can have huge conferences sitting uh, at home yeah. so guys just a quick reminder final one i promise inshallah uh Please help us continue Islam to Unscripted by donating, inshallah, uh, five pounds a month. If you can, let us know in the comments if you've done that and uh, help us uh, by spreading the word as well. I was, I, was, I was keeping like a mentor running list of all of the things, like you mentioned, that we are very different now. I mean, the world is very different now compared to, you know, th- this is Rajab now. We're in Rajab, uh, uh, it's a hundred Hijri years since the... Uh, official demise of the Ottoman uh, Khilafah, right? So, how is the? I'm, I'm, I'm keeping a running kind of list of of the things you're saying. How are we different? How's the world different today compared to then, right? Uh, so you've mentioned, you know, the um, 
so the the things that so many things you've mentioned just to recap um the muslim ummah is much larger okay it's number one practically speaking how do you govern <laughs> such a huge uh that that has to be considered the muslim ummah has new causes for disunity and and um kind of tribalism the the the, the party politics is a very interesting one i didn't think about that but some of these things i'm wondering how are we some differences are we do we have them on our radar such as uh technology in terms of um the power like who are the most powerful entity where does power reside now is it in the state anymore or is power now in google apple amazon uh facebook right that's where a lot of power is concentrating now in in our new kind of economy uh some would kind of left wing thinkers would would call um surveillance capitalism now you know in terms of mining human beings for data uh the the economy being based on the the predictability of future human um behavior um all the way from you know what 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 kind of uh ads your pop up in your um in your in your browser to your whole search history and what things you're scrolling on online and that kind of stuff maybe even watching this <laughs> you know if we mention something and then you know that's data so are we are we when I, whenever i speak to someone or read something about a um a, a future of muslims right um you know you mention imagine the world as you want to see it right are we considering the what the world is going to be like based on this trajectory now ignoring the muslim bit just what the world is the the the, the, the way power operates in the world what are we looking at now in or, or in the last 20 30 years how power has behaved and trying to replicate that so by the time we get there <laughs> there'll be robots running the place or something completely different is this have you got this on the radar are you thinking about this how are some people thinking about this you know in terms of how will power change maybe maybe we work to for example establish all the muslim states are united now for example in 50 years but by that time states don't have any power anymore maybe yeah and and that's a, a very valid point that you made uh, but the way the report structured you know there's there's it's taken a, a year of thought uh, and virtually every paragraph there's a lot invested mm. uh, uh, and thinking behind it and there is a section on uh, the the you know beyond the the, the borders of the nation state and and we you know we now have multi um a billion pound corporations yeah. who have more more power and wealth than many states yeah so those yeah. are realities and and what what we're saying in this uh, report and what we want to do in the think tank is say look let's start thinking and discussing these things uh, how does uh you know uh, power look uh in the future how do muslims mm. generate that power how do they organize around that you know it's very you know sometimes i hear youngsters talking about let's get rid of this government and that government overthrow uh, this one that one and um you know i i sit there thinking uh you know we can't even overthrow the 
local masjid elders, uh, a- aged elders on a, on a committee. We can't even take over that. And we're talking about taking over nuclear powers. Uh, so I think we, we need to be grounded in a bit more reality. And, and it's a duty for the elders and for the intellectuals to, to, to bring people to that level um, uh, we want to stimulate that debate. You know, I think um, we, 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 sh- you know, we have the, uh, so many more um, youngsters now around the world who are uh, intellectuals, who are thought- people who are thinkers, writers. Uh, we need to bring them together to study some of these problems, and and some of it requires research. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, uh, the, the so what that we is have, at the moment, what is the vision? What is the world that you want to see? What does what does um, success look like for you? Well, I think the success obviously looks like first and foremost as a as a Muslim and uh, you know um, as uh, Islamic uh, activists, the basis of Islam, as I say, as I said in the inauguration speeches. We're talking about creating a new civilization of Islam. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, you know, and that civilization of Islam has to be rooted in divine guidance. Um, the difference between us and the West, and that's not a polarization, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a genuine difference, is that uh, we fundamentally believe that uh, uh, in the testimony of faith, uh, the Shahada, you know, uh, uh, the Tawheed, as you said, uh, we we were we are um, uh, created by Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, mm-hmm. and um, we submit to Allah's will and to His guidance. And the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is the last messenger of of Allah. Uh, that is the basis of uh, our political thought as well as our personal. Uh, yeah. and belief, you know, we uh, it, it should be at the center of what we do, and it was at the center of Islamic civilization. Um, the West Western civilization believes that uh, man emerged at some point in history. Um, we don't know where from, and that somehow all the knowledge in the world, man has created it. Uh, whereas the Muslim approach is fundamentally different. Uh, we believe that uh, uh, the uh, the first human being was a prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, he was endowed with knowledge. He was given guidance. Mm. And 124,000 prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala came. They all were sent to guide mankind. So knowledge uh, from an Islamic point of view is rooted in divine guidance. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't just create man and leave them to their own devices. He gave them some guidance to go along with that. And, and that, that at the core, it was Islamic uh, civilization was built on that. All the knowledge that we created um, basically uh, was, uh, was rooted in that thought. Uh-huh. So I think we have to... Uh, uh, create a civilization or understand the world's problems and create whatever we we are trying to create, a Muslim world that is united, prosperous, 
um, works together, brings mm. those 1.8 billion people together to uh, realize uh, the goals of Islam, essentially, and mm. to to submit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, you know, we are, the world is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's, uh, 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 he, he's, he, he's not just in the heavens, he owns the earth. He is the, uh, to use a, a, a sentiment that everybody can understand, he's the landlord and we are the tenants. <laughs> uh, and um, the tenants have to live according to the rules of the mm. landlord. Otherwise, uh, uh, if you don't follow those rules, there'll be chaos and disorder. And, and fundamentally, we are uh, believers in that, that that school of thought. So what is your, so, I mean, okay, so you want to create a, a new civilization of Islam. What is your view then of the role slash continued existence of Muslims in, for example, the UK, who live as minorities, you're saying a third of us Muslims live as minorities. What is the, what is your view for of of the future of Muslims as minorities? Well, I think it's uh, it's going to be a challenging one um, because what we see right now uh, is that uh, Muslims as minorities are being targeted everywhere whether it's India, which you, know, you have a huge minority. Muslims are a huge minority in the UK, and the world is going in uh, the opposite direction in the sense that it believes that, uh, uh, as the French have tried to impose on the Muslims, mm. that uh, belief in the man as superior to God, uh, and they want Muslims to accept that. So this is going to be a challenging time I mean, the fact that we, we have our own political beliefs doesn't mean we can't coexist. Uh, we've always coexisted, mm. you know, even going back to the time of the <clears> Prophet <throat> Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So the onus is on us to organize. Uh, you can't organize uh, around the Labour Party or the Tory Party. There has to be an independently organized Muslim community, mm -hmm. powerful Muslim community that is uh, working towards the goals of Islam because uh, ultimately that is what we have to convey to the wider society and we have to help them yeah. as well to uh, basically find solutions to their problems. Mm -hmm. So I, I think if you think the problems are only with us, I think we can see from the United States and France mm -hmm. and even the United Kingdom um, they've got quite a few problems themselves. You know, Macron said Islam is in crisis. You look around the world, democracy is in crisis mm. uh, everywhere. You know, we have mob rule effectively in a lot of countries. Um, people mm. who uh, can whip up the most hatred against a group are in power and using that power. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, so how do we, as Muslims, challenge that? Well, the only way we can effectively challenge that is by being organized, having leadership, mm. yeah, creating the institutions uh, of, uh, uh, of unity, of uh, you know, education, uh, a whole infrastructure around us that, that can protect us from that, but also mm. um, relate to the masses because we have to uh, have a relationship with 
the wider segment. Mm. If we rely on the media and the politicians to do that work and uh, to continue to paint us as demons, then we're not going to have a good time. Mm. Uh, mm. But on the ground, the people of this country, I believe fundamentally, in, um, they are not opposed to Muslims and Islam. Yeah. They are as much a victim of the propaganda as the rest of us. Mm. Uh, so we, uh, we, we have to um, basically have that kind of relationship. You know, yeah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Holy Quran that uh, he created us from man, uh, one man and one woman uh, and divided us into tribes and nations. Um, so this is a, something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has, has blessed the world with, people of different colors, shapes, identities, you know, and uh, so that we can know each other. How do we know each other? <clears throat> well, that's something we touch on in the report. You know, this, that doesn't just extend to ourselves, it extends to the rest of humanity. Mm. And Alhamdulillah, so we started, a lot of Muslims have started doing some good work. Now, since the COVID, uh, we need to take that to another level. But all of these things depend on Muslims being able to organize themselves effectively mm. as, a, as a community um, with the right institutions, with the right leadership, independent from the political system yeah. and the political leadership. Um, I'm not saying people shouldn't do all that. That's up to, you know, people are already doing that. Mm -hmm. They've been doing that for centuries, but um, we must be organized ourselves as a, uh, as a community of believers, which is the requirement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we move Quran. full circle to uh, Muslim Parliament 2.0. <laughs> 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 yeah, well, you know, um, the Muslim Parliament was a reflection uh, trying to create that leadership. How do we, again, I'm not seeking to reproduce it, but that's a legitimate question. And a lot of people are asking that. How do we recreate those institutions um, yeah. of unity? How do we do our own politics? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a discussion to be had. You know, I'm not imposing anything. It needs to come from... Um, the people themselves, the scholars need to debate it, the movements need to debate it. It's not, uh, yeah. that was Dr. Kaleem Siddiqui's particular uh, thought process, maybe yeah. that we do things differently now. I mean, you know, just holding a con parliament session uh, used, to, used to take months of work. You can now organize it on Zoom. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's amazing uh, the, how the world has changed, mm -hmm. and I think, um, but it's an important discussion because um, there's there's a real challenge ahead for the Muslim community. Um, if we don't address these issues in the next few years, I think um, we will possibly in the UK end up in the French situation. Mm. Um, quicker than we imagine. And we have to deal with the fact that we now live in a society, again, this wasn't, hasn't been the case in the past. For the first time, the majority of this country um, don't believe in God or don't, uh, you know, ascribe to a higher power. Mm. How do we deal with people who don't have such beliefs? And the system uh, that we have is now based on that. In the, in the past, 
there was scope for religion, um, you know, for difference. We're now moving to an era where people who believe man is superior in all ways mm. and uh, secularism is, um, you know, a belief system. I call it the rise of secular religion. Mm. Uh, how do we cope with secular religion? And some of it is there are different shades. You might have the UK shade. You might have the French shade, which is very extreme and intolerant. Yeah. Uh, how do we deal with all these? Yes, yeah, I mean, I, there's there's a lot to be said about secularism. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to kind of open up a can of worms now, but uh, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm conscious of the time. Uh, for um, giving us your time. Um, just quickly going over the the action plan that you suggest, right in the um, uh, in the uh, report. So working on trade, travel, and economy unification through alliances, associations, knowledge, and learning beyond boundaries, and focusing on media and culture, intra-faith rather than over, uh, more than interfaith, self-defense and protection charity and community development so these seven points are like your action plan that you're uh, it's very interesting uh, reading through that and of course the 12 point plan for what unifies the people that was very interesting you know common language nurturing a common language uh, knowledge um, justice the rights of uh, people really do recommend um, inshallah people uh, have a read through the report and we'll have you uh, on in the future inshallah again maybe someone uh, a few people from Iron Institute, you know, uh, detailing the work that you do, inshallah. But uh, yeah, Zakhlaq um, for joining us. Uh, I'll let you go now, inshallah. I don't want to. Like I said it'd be an hour, but I've gone over time. But Zakhlaq Khair, Saad Jahangir Muhammad. I hope to see you soon, inshallah. Carry on your spying on our messenger groups, inshallah. Thank you. Thank you. Take care, bro. And there you have it, folks. Zakmah Khairan for watching. If you like this uh, podcast, give it a like and a share. Remember to click that notification button and uh, let us know in the comments what do you think. You know, agree, disagree. Are you interested in this kind of stuff more? Check out Ayan Institute as well uh, in more detail. Read the report. Check out their website and any uh, recordings of the, the their launch conference. I'm sure that was. Uh, that would be very interesting for anyone watching. Uh, just a final reminder: if you are uh, benefiting from this podcast, uh, please do uh, share the message with your friends and maybe consider uh, donating uh, five pounds a month. Uh, so only like sixteen p, you can do that. I I, I believe in you. Uh, so yeah, donate sixteen p a day to help uh, keep the lights on at some twenty one C. And until uh, next time, I've been your host Salman. But Assalamu Alaikum Warahmatullahi Wabarakatuh. Script.